It's the matchup presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Major championship week, this time across the pond. Of course, it's the Open Championship, not the British Open, but it's the Open Championship. And I promise you, there's no better guy in this industry to help us break all of this down, learn about Royal St. George, learn about Lynx golf, some of the players that maybe you're not accustomed to hearing about that are going to show up on the leaderboard. He's Skylar Hook. He joins me here again on the matchup. Thank you, my man, for uh, being here. Yeah, Travis. No, I appreciate the honor. This is, uh, again, what a week we have with the Open Championship. This is the basically diverging of two worlds. You know, we see PGA Tour, European Tour, always separate. You know, DraftKings contests aren't near as big on the European Tour side. The the betting books, you know, aren't near as covered. Something I'm incredibly passionate about. And this is the opportunity, you know, where you can find golfers that are incredibly low owned, that are in great form, that are, you know, not popular to the name value, who have just as much talent. We've seen it along the way. I think the last time we spoke together would have been the Wells Fargo and we mentioned who are some up and coming yeah. European tour guys. We mentioned Garrick Higo, who, you know, we were both on for that awesome victory yeah. at Palmetto. And then the one and only Guido Migliazzi is back after being uh, tied for fourth at the U.S. Open. So some fun and encouraging things ahead. I'm really excited to break it down with you. Yeah, there was a Higo, there was a Guido, and a Wilco, right? And that was, yes. uh, yeah, we were, uh, that, was, that was fun. And I, and I think we were, we were even talking about Phil Mickelson a little bit um, during that time and some of his play. And, of course, he, he went on to win the PGA Championship. But that's either here or there. We've got to focus ahead. There's, there's more money to be made here. And the way that we do it uh, here on the matchup is we're going to go through each price level. And we're going to touch on pretty much almost every player, certainly in the higher end. Uh, and then uh, we'll give you our, our favorite person um, in that price level. And, of course, we play multiple lineups. There's different ways to do this. It doesn't mean that that person is going to be in every one of our lineups. But it's certainly something that we're going to key in on as we as we put lineups together. And then when we get down to the 7,000, what's been fun is we'll go through name by name and we'll give you our favorite plays there. And then a couple names to consider down in the 6,000s as well. Before we get to the top level here, uh, Royal St. George, we've got guys like uh, Darren Clark, who won here back in 2011. He was five under. I believe he was I believe he was 50 to one. No, I'm sorry. He was 150. 150. Yes. When he won. Um, and then Ben Curtis back in 2003 with Tiger lurking, he was one under. And was he 500 to one? Yes. As long as 500 that week. Wild. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about, you know, Royal St. George um, in this rotation here. It seems like to me, it's one of the more difficult courses on the rotation. We're not going to be seeing guys probably go super low here. Uh, Clark won, Curtis won, Greg Norman won, Sandy Lyle. These are the names. Who are we going to key in on here skill set wise for uh, for this golf course? Yeah, so Lynx Golf overall, I think if I had to just encapsulate it on one thing, you know, you you have a little bit more open fairways. The rough, you know, just the general rough isn't all that bad. If you are completely spraying it, you're going to get into knee high fescue. You know, you're going to get into spots where 
you know, you're going to have to hack it out and back to the fairway. And it's a one shot penalty. Arguably you might catch a pop bunker in the fairway and you're just playing, you know, your, your third shot from 150 out having to try to get up and down from there. So if you bring it off the tee, it's not something that I think you can separate yourself all that much. Just stay out of the trouble which you hopefully should be able to do just being a above average driver of the golf ball. Now, iron play will be premier of the week. You know, the greens are completely undulated with different styles. You know, there might be uh, almost Augusta like where you play it to a specific spot to roll it, you know, to 20 feet. And that is a acceptable approach, you know, and you, you hope you two putt. But the thing is, you know, arguably you're going to miss almost more greens than you make. You can see, even at those really difficult years, you're seeing guys in the mid fifties, maybe mid sixties from a green and regulation standpoint. So you're going to have to scramble incredibly well. And it's not the prototypical, all right, greenside PGA tour bunker. You're going to put this to four feet and make the, you know, par putt. Like you're going to have to be aggressive with your iron play. You're going to have to play to angles that, you know, you wouldn't be able to see, you know, on the PGA tour week in and week out, you're going to have to play it, you know, 30, 40 feet off to the left and hope it rolls down and have an uphill putt for par because, you know, eight feet is more than acceptable from green side. So the best of short games will be on display and the creativity is needed. So if I had to say the best, you know, stat it would be is of course, lights out iron would be the around the green play to save yourself when you need to um, will be how it's done on a link style course. And to your point, this is the, if not the most difficult open championship, only one golfer that Greg Norman win um, two decades ago was uh, the last, uh, I guess almost, I think it was 93. So almost 30 years ago when Norman took it to double digits at 13 under par outside of that, we haven't seen a golfer break double digits here. So I think it is going to be difficult. And if that wind turns up, it's going to be mm. a lot of fun. <laughs> so, all right. So we need the, we need the above average driver. The ball is going to be running, right? We know that. And so they get into this longer fescue, they get into the bunker we need someone that's going to be disciplined that, that they're going to have to now take their medicine, get it to a number. So we're probably going to see what a lot of 75 to 125 yard shots, maybe into greens where guys are in trouble. And, you know, in the United States, oftentimes they'll just push it down there and try to get it yep. into the greenside bunker. They're not going to be able to do that here. They're going to have to wedge it out into back into the fairway. So, Maybe some wedge play comes into play as you start, you know, splicing out some things. Um, but yeah, the scrambling's big here. It's interesting in the States, oftentimes short game can really be pushed down as far as, you know, the most important stat because like the John Deere in Detroit, you can't be relying on your short game if you have a, if you have a chance to, or if you plan on competing and winning that tournament, I mean, you got to be hitting a lot of greens and making a lot of 10 to 15 foot putts. But here, what you're saying is that guys are going to be missing green. And it's just, it's just hard to, to really tear it up from a greens and regulations standpoint, let alone proximity. You got to have to have a good short game and probably some creativity. I would think there's just going to be a lot of, you know, uneven weird shots that guys don't face normally every week on the PGA tour. Is that accurate? Oh, absolutely. And and the interesting thing is strokes gained around the green statistic is just measured from shots that are within 30 yards of the green. 
So realistically, that might not even be the best direction to look at. I think you're spot on with that, like 75 to 100, maybe you extend it out to 125. That's mm-hmm. going to be the scrambling type of statistic because, you know, and we're not even arguably seeing that many of those shots hit at the standard course. Normally it would be maybe your second shot in to a green attacking birdie compared to having to get up and down for par there. Um, so yeah, it's not even, it's almost a gut feel week from watching (laughs) golf, from, you know, spending time knowing who the golfers are and just understanding their game. I mean, we'll talk about ones that we think, and we know have that type of, uh, magic in their bag of tricks, arguably to save themselves out of nowhere. And, and if you're par in this course to death, you are absolutely beating the field. You know, what's really interesting this is the first open championship for a Colin Morikawa and a Victor Hovland. I mean, you know, as much as we talk about them on an everyday basis, here we are. We didn't play the open last year. Shane Lowry comes in uh, as the defending champion. And here's two guys that we just, you know, we wear out because we talk about them so much. They haven't even played in these kinds of conditions. So it's going to be really interesting to see that. Some some WDs, they're already starting to show up. Matthew Wolf, as we come on air, is the most recent Zach Johnson uh, reported that he has COVID. Uh, Bubba Watson is not going. He was exposed to someone directly. And then I believe Kevin Na is out as well. Anybody else that you have heard of? I think Ryan Moore was one that came in today. Hideki Matsuyama was one of the early ones that is still still testing positive from Detroit. Um, Hopefully he's able to be able to play in the Olympics with that coming up. And I guess before that was – uh, and they're still priced in DraftKings, so they're trying to figure it out. But Sung Jay and Siwoo Kim um, both withdrew for the Olympics preparation for those guys. As right, you know, right. there are tighter protocols, it seems, for travel over with the RNA um, and just making sure so they're not willing to risk the Olympics coming up for them, which is, you know, a big opportunity too. Right. All right. Well, let's get into it. There's some guys that are playing, and it starts. Uh, in the top shelf pricing, John Rahm, uh, no question. Um, I think the the most complete player in the game right now comes in at eleven thousand three hundred. There's McElroy at ten thousand nine hundred. We know what he can do here. Really, as of late as well, he's got a second, fourth, and fifth starting back in 2018, 17, and sixteen. There's Kepka, ten thousand seven hundred, seven hundred. DJ, ten thousand four hundred. And then Xander Shoffley looking for that first major at 10,000. I'll kick us off. I'm just going to tell you right now, I think Xander, it's it's coming. I feel good as Potter let him down a little bit at the U.S. Open. Um, but I love Xander's skill set at the Open Championship. So my early lean certainly in this top level is going to be him. I mean, the pricing he's at $10,000, I think it's a, a great value, you know, comparing relative to who's priced above and directly below from him. I always love um, your takes on guys short game. You know, you, you mentioned Xander, you know, and you talked a little bit about how he switched to the arm lock. I actually saw um, a post today looking like he's back to his traditional style putting for the open championship, which makes sense because he was like a top 10 putter in the world 
um, you know, and kind of ditched it for a little bit. So, yeah, I I would love to see Xander come through in these big moments. He is such an all-around great golfer, which we mentioned is pretty much what you need at the Open Championship. The one that I keep going back to the well on, and I think he's just starting to make people mad at major championships. But I have a tough time just not playing Brooks Kepka at $10,700, despite the injury, what is so prolific in his game right now is his approach is the best it has been from a consistent standpoint, you know, really since, you know, 2018, 2019, when he was winning, you know, pretty much everything. Um, So I think Kepka's short game is underrated. You do see him just be just more, I would say in a zone in major championships where he is willing to take his medicine. If that does mean a, a bogey is okay. As long as you avoid a, a snowman an eight on the card, like some other golfers might find themselves getting into trouble, trying to save par. He can, you know, just take that medicine. No, he will find himself, you know, on Saturday afternoon right there in the mix. So I, I feel much more confident in him compared to Rory and Dustin. And then Rom's just the other stratosphere, you know? Yeah. yeah you can't go wrong with Rom. I mean, we, we know Rom is, it's, it's hard to find any weakness in, in him right now. Uh, played well at the Scottish as well, coming in probably right where he wants to be after winning the U S open. We know he is, he's the most complete player in the game. So I think it goes yeah. without saying, Hey, John Rom is someone to look at. <laughs> right? Yes, 100%. you're gonna you're gonna pay for him, of course, and then you got to come in underneath, which will give you some names when we get down there. Yeah, but if you're if you're looking for some value, I, I totally agree with you on Brooks uh, over DJ. I think Rory has found some form now in the Iron Game again, as Pete Cowan has helped him kind of put the pieces back together. Um, so I, I like where Rory. Uh, is heading, you know, you look at him, strokes can approach. He's in that plus four to five since, you know, really looking lost at the masters. His iron game is starting to come back. I think his driver is getting closer again. He drove the ball pretty well at the U S open. His short game was good. You know, his putter let him down, which you kind of roll the dice with door with Rory. Um, when it comes to that DJ feels, you know, not the DJ that we saw, there for a while when he was so dominant. Um, so yeah, I, I think I, I tend to agree with you here. I think the two names, I mean, Kepka is just the guy. It's a major championship. You've got to put him in there. I'm, I'm going to go there with Xander there one more time, you know, and, and what he's doing. One thing on Kepka real quick, we talk about putting changes. He went back to his putting coach, um, Jeff Pierce, which I think he needed to do. He, he got away from what he used to do and how he used to approach the ball in the toe and then his stroke would kind of reroute and he would catch it back mm-hmm. in the center of the face. He moved back. He moved away from that. And now you'll notice he's back to that again. And, and he, that's when he's putted the best. And I think Jeff really knows his stroke very well. And I think Kepka now, um, you can kind of sense that flat stick is a real weapon again. And his approach game is so good, as you mentioned. So, yeah, I'll um, – I'll give you Xander here in this range, and sounds like you're gonna you're gonna give me Kepka. Huh? Yeah, that's that's gonna be. So I'll get the level up here when we go next down in the matchup. I will uh, give you the leg up in salary because that's uh, you're generous there for me. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, 
but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. Place a pre-round tournament wager of $1 on any golf outcome to be eligible to cash $50 in free credits if any golfer sinks a birdie. That's 50 to 1 odds on any golfer sinking a birdie during this weekend's tournament. 50 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all of the action. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TRAVIS when you sign up to turn $1 into $50 in free credits if any golfer sinks a birdie during this week. And that's code TRAVIS to turn $1 into $50 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Winnings paid out inside credit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler or in Indiana one eight hundred nine with it. Well, so we go to this next lane, and and, and in the nine thousands is Bryson DeChambeau, which you don't see ever ninety nine hundred. Just below that is Spieth, which who we know will be popular at ninety seven. I think JT is a really interesting name here at ninety six. Could be easily overlooked. Louis playing great golf at ninety three. And then there's Morikawa and Hovland, 92-91, first time. Terrell Hatton, I'm looking at at 9,000. I'll give you free reign. Take me, take me to a name or two. Well, I think we just hit on the fact that of the nines, it does feel like Spieth is going to be the one where people run to. When we mentioned, you know, we, we have this description of what, you know, it takes to compete at Royal St. George's at Lynx Golf. Who has the most magic beans of anybody, you know, in the game of golf? And it's Jordan Spieth, you know, when the time he needs a par save from 30 feet. It's right in the center of the cup, you know, like that's the guy that seems inevitable to just find himself in the mix. So I think he's relatively fair price too. I actually expect him to be, you know, a little bit higher. So, and the fact that his form is still, you know, intact, um, gaining strokes everywhere, $9,700 feels like a very, very strong play. Now we talked at the top two, you know, the, the two kids in the nines here who haven't been in the open championship, you know, Victor Hovland coming off the win on the European tour in Germany. And then Morikawa, he tried himself at the Scottish open last week, but was rather uh, poor. I guess, you know, he pretty much was the last guy that made the cut finishing 71st um, struggled there. I just think the experience needed, which leads me to be intrigued to the last guy at the bunch at 9,000 flat and, and Tyrrell Hatton, you know, Hatton's game is, is just full of approach, full of a great putter, full of, you know, a grinder type, um, you know, has that, uh, fun, um, I guess fun might not be the best word to describe his attitude, uh, fiery attitude perhaps would be the best way to do it. Um, a great follow, you know, overall, if you're watching him on the golf course, but you know, his emotions run hot and I think he can really find himself in the mix yet again with six under yesterday at the Scottish open. So coming in off his best round there, um, I really think he can make some noise here. Yeah. I'm big on Hatton too. I, I, I think 
it, it feels like it's getting closer for him too. You know, you start, you start looking at the best players to not have a major championship. I mean, Xander and, and Hatton to me with Cantlay are probably the three. So um, I love the way Hatton is flowing T six back in 2019 T five and 16. So he knows how to play links golf. And this is, he's got the experience. We see him a lot in the United States, but he certainly um, can do it here too. You know, I was running this model here and just pulling up some of the, some of the, um, you know, proximity stuff from 75 to hundred, hundred to 125 is, as we start looking at some of that, we know Morikawa is going to, he, he's one of the best in the game, right? Or if not the best when it comes to approach game overall in this field, last 50 rounds, he certainly is number one. Hovland's right there with him. We know Hovland can strike it. You know, what's the separation between those two, perhaps? You know, can you get enough of the short game and win, you know, to win from those two, right? I think that's can can they can they show us that the short game is good enough to win a major championship? And then you add the fact over there in Europe. I don't know. First time, it feels like a big ass. I don't think we would put it past them, though, right? If it ended up happening, I'm probably going to pass when it comes to, you know, win tickets there. But of the two, I think I, I'm, I'm finding myself leaning a little towards Hovland um, over Morikawa in, 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 in a few lineups. Which way would you go? He would be my lean too, because what he does is you even saw at like Augusta, for example, he, he tripled the first hole and by mm-hmm. hole five, I think he was back to even par, you know, he has this knack to find birdies when other golfers aren't. Um, so from a DraftKings perspective, you know, even if he finishes T13, say he might score enough DraftKings points to still be in, you know, a, a top 10 finish of DraftKings scores. So I think his upside, is greater there compared to Morikawa. And I yes. agree, I'm passing on him in the outright market, but I would lean Hovland of the two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Bryson, of course, I think the question is, can he do enough with the short game and the approach game? And those are, I mean, we're talking a big run here of not good short game and not good in the approach game. Certainly not even close good enough to be winning. Yes, he's gaining strokes off the tee, um, but what kind of lines will he be taking here on this golf course? Um you know, he's always a wild card, right? But the approach game and the touch around the greens have just been not good, you know, not good at all. Throwing away strokes after hitting the golf ball that far. All right, so we come back here. Let's see here. Just pulling up here. Well, I think the only one we haven't talked, right, is is Louie. Is he the yeah. wild card of the week? I think I think Louie and JT are the most intriguing. Oh, I guess, yeah. Here. Mm-hmm. You know, JT, you know, he played, he played well last week at Scottish. Yep. Um, Justin finished, let's see, he was T11 back in 2019, missed the cut in 18 and 17. I don't think this is Justin's favorite kind of golf. Um, is he gaining enough experience where perhaps he can have a big week and win? Yes, he's got the skill set we know in the approach game. His, his wedge play hasn't been as sharp. Um, as we've seen in the past, but I think JT and Louie are interesting. We know Louie can play everywhere across the world. I think Louie's playing perhaps some of the best and most consistent golf that he has in his career, working with Justin yep. Parsons. Um, if I had to go safe and say, look, I got to give a hundred dollars to one or the other, I think I'd give it to Louie. 
I think from the safety, you're, you're definitely right. I mean, T2 Louis at a major just feels inevitable right now. Um, you know, he's putting like literally the best golfer on the, on the world right now. And his gap between even the second best right. golfer is substantial. So I absolutely can see it. It's, it's puzzling to me because when we mentioned what we talked about with, with the way to approach Link's golf, you know, Justin Thomas isn't the best golfer in the world off the tee, but his irons in his around the green game is top notch. You know, he is probably the right. best approach plus around the green player in the world. So I just don't really understand why he hasn't been able to crack into that top 10. You know, even last week, I guess he finished eighth. And it was surprising last week at the Scottish, he led the field and off the tee. He led the field and around the green, but his irons were what led him down. You know, if you give me Justin Thomas leading a field off the tee, he, he wins yeah. those weeks, you know, like those are the ones where he really takes advantage. So I think the, the higher upside and the ability to win this event by two or three strokes, Justin Thomas has that in his bag yeah. compared to Louis, yeah. where he's probably more likely for a T T 15 T 20 finish. No doubt. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the board certainly says in the outright, Justin's 20 to one to win Louis yeah. 28 to one to win uh, in DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Victor, first time, 25 to 1. There's John Rahm, the favorite. He's 8 to 1. Kepka, 18. Xander, getting good respect, 18. Rory's 19. And then, oh, by the way, we'll finish up here. Jordan Spieth at 19. He seems to be the name that I'm hearing the most here um, to win this event. You certainly look at last 50 rounds. His iron game is back. He's driving the ball a little bit better. And, you know, you start talking about, all right, I need you to get the ball up and down for me from 90 yards or from this really weird, uneven lie over here with the ball, with the grass doing this. Like, I, I'm probably going to pick speed, right? I mean, that's the guy I'm probably going to say, get this done for me three or four mm -hmm. times today. And then I need you to do it tomorrow four or five times. I need you to do it the next day five times. You know, like, he's the guy that comes to mind. He's won this championship before. Yep. You're going to go there? You're going to put some money on the win? He's the one. I'm debating between him and Brooks. You know, that's okay. if I'm – I think the Open Championship, we mentioned the long shots. You know, if we're going to think that there's opportunity – and it's not even just the winners. If you look at who's finishing, like, in the top five, you're seeing consistent guys that are, are deep in the odds, you know, yeah. that are paying almost top fives that are longer – than the outright winners of Spieth and Brooks, say, for instance. So I, I'm debating still between those two, um, but I wouldn't fault anybody to, for betting on Spieth this week. He seems to be, at those odds, you know, very respectable selection. Yeah, he, he's tough to go. He, he's really tough not to to lean on here. And he's certainly my favorite in this range. Um, so I'll, I'll give you Spieth, uh, but I'll, I'll be sprinkling in some Louie for sure. And I'll be sprinkling it in some Terrell Hatton for sure. Yes. Yep. So, okay. So who's your pick then for the matchup? I'll, I'll give you speed. Okay. So you're giving me speed or you're, yep. wait, you're taking speed. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I'll go, I'll go Hatton then. Perfect. There you go Hatton. Perfect. Yeah. So, yep. Now we're even, I went lower, you went higher. Now we're back. I'll be having both those guys in, 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 in a lot of lineups for sure. For sure. I, I'm really interested to see Hovland and Morikawa in the open championship. I think that's, I think that's going to be pretty cool. All right. Yep, absolutely. Kicking it off at 89 is Cantlet. Wow. Reed at 88. Uh, Paul Casey, 86. Alatoris, 85. Finau, 
has played well over there, 84. Webb Simpson, perhaps the biggest question mark of all the biggest names in his game, 83. Scheffler, 82. Adam Scott, 81. Fleetwood, 8,000. And Justin Rose, 8,000. I, I think when I look at this, I, I, I'm going to go to the chalk here. I like Cantlay. Um, I like Cantlay a lot this week. I really do. At, at 8,900, I like how his game has come back together. Um, I think the putter is could be the the one club if that if that participates. I think he's got the rest of it to win one of these things. And as I mentioned, Shoffley, Cantley, and Hatton to me are the three in the best in the world to not have a major championship. So I'm leaning Cantley heavy, and I kind of like Scheffler's game too over there. That that's it. That's the one I was going to go to. And again, okay. you mentioned that, um, you know, Morikawa and Hobbit haven't played Lynx golf. You know, Scheffler also falls in that, that boat, but we're also getting significant savings, almost a thousand dollars less, yes. you know, on him relative to comparison of those yet. He was the, Oh, I guess Morikawa did come over, play the Scottish show, but didn't play well, but Scheffler was in the mix. You know, Scheffler ended up shooting, yes. I think it was seven under, on uh, Friday to make his way to the weekend, um, ended up finishing 12th. Um, I did see a stat from Mark Brody, um, you know, the strokes gained OG, the originator of the, the statistics, and that Scheffler is currently tied with John Rahm with the most consecutive rounds in major championships beating the field. And that's at nine rounds. So starting at the end of the Masters and then wow. doing it all through the PGA Championship, all through the U.S. Open, both Rom and Scheffler have done that. So he shows up when it matters the most, the, the around the green game. He just does everything above average. You know, he's just all of a sudden you, you look up at the leaderboard on Sunday afternoon and Scheffler's T6 and you don't know how it happened. And, you know, he's as consistent as it gets. So I think that's a very fair price for Scheffler. And I mean, you're hoping that that win is just coming down. He hasn't obviously done it anywhere yet, but it wouldn't be a shock. I don't think even on the biggest stage for him to do it. Yeah. 82 yeah. that he's, he's very attractive, certainly at the mm -hmm. bottom there. I think, you know, Adam Scott's a, is a, is a very intriguing name at 81. Um, you know, and Justin Rose has played well. It opens, you know, he, he T 20 and 19 T two and 18. I mean, he's, he's a guy that can get it done. Um, when it comes to over there, there's a lot to consider here in this group. Finau probably the the most success certainly in the last two years third and T nine but Finau is not playing good I mean he is he's playing some very poor golf right now we know the putter can get shaky but right now the ball striking is not anywhere close Finau doesn't get the credit for a short game he would be worth a look if his ball striking was just anywhere close to what we're used to seeing something's going on there with Finau. I'm going to pass um, this week. Matsuyama was also in this range. Of course, we talked about um, him withdrawing. But, hey, if we're going to dirty it up and we need someone to grind and we need someone to get the ball up and down and be creative. I mean, Patrick Reed is another one of those guys that comes to mind. And he's had success over here. Top 10 in 2019, 12th and 16, uh, T20. And I mean, this is a guy that – is has figured his way around. He hasn't peaked and got up there and got a win yet, but I don't think anybody would be surprised if things got a little bit sketchy over there. All of a sudden Reed's grinding out crazy pars and there he is late on Sunday again, right? Yep. That's the exact mold of what we talked about with speed. It's the 8k version of it. So yeah, I absolutely think Reed 
fits that mentality. And his, his accuracy has been one of the biggest improvements from last year to, to this year. Um, and again, not that you have to overwhelm anything off the tee here, but if you're spraying it like, you know, Patrick Reed, a little bit, you know, the old version of him was a little wayward with those drives and why he has to get himself out of these, you know, crazy lies greenside is because he was finding himself with tough approaches. So I think his game is trending incredibly well. So yeah, I absolutely could see Patrick Reed um, doing there. And then, you know, if you mentioned ball striking, you know, Finau's version of, of kind of what has fallen from him, the, the one who is probably the best ball striker consistently of the year um, in this range, Paul Casey is somebody yeah. that has just played incredible golf. So since January, you know, yeah. he, he should have almost multiple wins to his name. He feels like he is always underpriced this week. They finally bumped him up into the eight K's for the major. Um, but he is somebody that I think makes a lot of sense in this range too, even though his open championship history isn't that best. I mean, he still is playing such good golf. Yeah, he is. Um, the, the, the approach game has been on fire. His putter, you know, that's his Achilles heel, put a terrible at the travelers and still finished 36. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was seventh at the U S open fourth at the PGA still the negative in strokes game putting. If he could just find any form um, when it comes to that. Yeah. It, it's uh, you know, Zalatoris is here. His first time it feels the timing feels off here with, with will. He certainly has cooled off a little bit. Didn't play great at the Scottish open. Um, but yeah, I think Scheffler at 82 first time. I'm not scared of that. Can't lay at 89. I'm loving some of that. I'll give you first rain here, your pick in the eight thousands. So I appreciate it. Cause I, I will go with Scotty <laughs> Scheffler that I think I might, I mean, I'll, I'll give you, okay. I think you'll probably lean can't lay, but I think Scheffler for me is my favorite. Yeah. You know, Webb, even when he was playing good, has never really played great at yep. the open. He's at 83. It just feels his game is, is, is not sharp at all. Tony's is not sharp at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Cantley, you know, at cool. 89, but certainly sprinkling in a little read, uh, certainly with some, with some, uh, with some Scheffler there. I'll, I'll take a look. We'll take a look at Paul Casey. There is, it's, it's funny. His, his track record here is not better, you know, really at the mm-hmm. open championship. That's a little bit of a surprise. Rapsodo mobile launch monitor, improve your golf swing today. Pro level launch data in the palm of your hand. It is very accurate within 2% of a $20,000 unit. The Rapsodo MLM app automatically tracks stats and stores video with Shot Tracer, helpful for club gapping and understanding true distances for each club. Rapsodo MLM provides immediate feedback, data, and creates a better practice environment, not mindlessly hitting balls. Extremely portable. Case is about the size of a rangefinder. And you know what? You can use it both indoors and outdoors. I love this launch monitor. It's the Rapsodo mobile launch monitor. Check it out at rapsodo.com. R-A-P-S-O-D-O.com. Rapsodo.com. All right. To the sevens. More to think about. We do it differently here this now. We're going to start, and I'm just going to start clipping them off one by one. You hear something that's interesting to you you like stop me and we'll and we'll talk about it starting with the defending champion of the open championship at 7900 shane lowry 
we, we got to talk about him. I can't, I can't tell you not to stop on a defending champion. I, the question is, has the partying stopped since 2019? Yeah. Because he got an extra year to, to live it up, which I'm excited. I mean, his golf, you know, has been, I, I would say sneaky good, but be the way I would um, represent how it is. His finishes have been decent. I mean, we saw him what top 10 um, in a major, not too long ago. So I think, you know, he, I was middling and then last week was 23rd or two weeks ago was 23rd. It really wasn't a run of good open championship form until he kind of had that magical week that everyone thought Rory would have. Um, you know, if the conditions get up, I think Lowry, he's not at the top of my list in the sevens, but, um, you know, I actually probably prefer the next golfer's name you're going to bring up here. Um, as we go down the list. Okay. He's 45 to one Shane Lowry is to win right now in DraftKings Sportsbook. And yeah, this next name, I, I believe I saw him on the first page of the leaderboard last week, and that is Matthew Fitzpatrick, finished 20th back in 19 when Lowry won, 79. you like him? I do. I do like him. Um, you know, yeah, he lost out in that playoff last week. He is, in my opinion, I mean, his short game is, is just so good. You see him pop up at these difficult courses on the PGA Tour, even when he was relatively, um, you know, early on in his career. I mean, he still looks like he might be in junior high, but he is more of a veteran, you know, around the game now. And I'm excited for, for what he continues to bring. Again, found himself in the mix last week. You know, when the conditions get up, he really hasn't cracked through with a 20. I mean, 20th was his best finish um, in the 2019 Open Championship. But we just see that more and more. I think 7,900 is just, you know, way too underpriced, in my opinion, for somebody who is built for this style of game. And it's off the tee is um, a little bit better than people give him appreciative for. I mean, yeah. he's, he's decently, oh. like, long, but very yeah. accurate, too. Yeah, he's a, he's a very good driver of the golf ball. Very good. Yep. Um, you know, can he do enough in the approach game? He, he mm-hmm. did. Uh, he did in the last time we saw him in the States. He certainly looks like he did it again last week. So perhaps the irons will be good enough because we know the short game will be, and he'll be playing from the fairway probably more than most yes. you know, at the Open Championship. Cameron Smith um, at 78. It's probably an interesting name. Cameron's played some, I've said it many times, some of his best golf, I think, of his career this year. He, too, was in the top 20 uh, in 2019. Leishman, T6 and 17, T2 and 15, 77. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, 77. We saw him uh, losing the playoff there in Detroit. Jason Day has shown some life at 77. I I think that's one. And I I like, I mean, the the first two Aussies, you can find, you know, an argument to them. I think we're not going to stop at everybody, but I, I feel like Jason Day also like, peak Jason day was the one that fits that speed read, you know, version of golf where right. that putter was, you know, best in the world by a long, you know, while. And he went from the stretch of the players, pretty much the PGA championship being the worst putter. Like I have ever seen out of day, He's somebody you could trust. I think I played him at the masters and it was just putrid trying to track him on the app, watching him from, you know, 30 feet, three putt left and right. right. I mean, he, he lost almost eight strokes putting at the, at the players, but finally it turned around at the rocket mortgage. We have seen him, you know, get back a little bit there, but that off the tee game has now, he hasn't lost strokes off the tee literally in the calendar year of 2021. So I think that is kind of sneaky from somebody. You might get like three or four or 5% relative to those around him. So I think Jason day does stand out a little bit. 
Yeah, Jason Davis is, is a name that I have circled here as well. Um, you know, and, and missed the cut in 19. The four years before that, though, all inside the top 27, including two top 20s. So at 7,700, you, you feel like you're going to be getting the value of, of what you need from a player there. Sergio at 76, probably going to pass. Sanjay, always going to pass. <laughs> 76. Abraham answers the name, has played some good golf. 76. This kind of golf feels like not his strength, though, to me. Agreed. Um, Lee Westwood. I'll stop us, Sarah. Yeah, I'll let you lead it up. Um, yeah, because I was going to stop <laughs> us, too. T- yeah, I'm going to stop think. us there. T4 last year. You know, we know Lee um, had a great run there, second Arnold Palmer, second of the Players' Championship. And then he kind of went away there for a while, right? He didn't get the win. He was playing great golf. He's in a great spot, newly married. Now he comes back, link-style golf. We know Lee Westwood can play links golf with his eyes closed. Like, he, he knows how to do this. And I think he's slowly kind of starting to put the pieces back together here again. And I think Lee's about ready to play at that level that we saw back in March. I think this is a great spot for him. I think his experience goes a long ways. I don't think this golf course, you're going to overpower it. I like Lee Westwood in this spot to make the cut and compete. Yeah. And he found himself in the mix last week through about, I would say 45 holes, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. ran into some double trouble. Um, on the back nine, I believe it was on Saturday, but Westwood was there, um, you know, and again, he just kind of lingers. I think the price is fair again for somebody that we know to your point can play this style. And with so many, this field, as we keep going down is a little bit different from the standard open championship from, this is a carryover from 19, you know, you have the top 10 people from 19, you have some of the qualifications for, from 2020 into it. So as we go down, you know, you might miss out on some people that you might've anticipated from the European tour side. So Westwood is that staple that we get that I really think um, can play quite well here. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And then Mickelson at 75, former open champion winner. I mean, I would be, I was nothing, nothing more was more shocking than to me this year was, was Phil winning the PGA. Right. So now Phil's going to go over there and win. (laughs) I wouldn't put it past them, but I'll pass on that. Matthew Wolf was in that range. He's gone. I mean, how is Daniel Berger at 74? He was the favorite last week in DraftKings. Isn't this crazy? It's terrible. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, he should be 8,400, you know, like it's literally a thousand. You wouldn't bat an eye if he was priced above Scotty Scheffler and Webb no. Simpson next to Finau out of form like Berger. I mean, he was very frustrating. I think it was at Kiowa where he like had a bulldog of a day on Friday to make the cut. Um, but he found himself with the top 10, you know, at the U S open. And yeah, like you said, the literally the best player last week, you know, at the John Deere classic finishes 34th. You don't need him to really do anything there to show up all that much, but yeah, I think it's a crazy price at 7,400. It is. I mean, you got to sprinkle him in. I mean, he's too good of a player in skill set. Now he can get, you know, his short game is, is not, is not great, you know? So being fair, but Berger is a guy that can, I mean, he can go fairways and greens in a hurry on you consistently and yeah. absolutely uh, put on a stripe show when he gets it going. And he's a good putter. So interesting Very number there at 74. 
we continue down, what do you think of our boy here? There's Higo at 74. Does this skill set from what you study over there fit this place? Sadly, I don't don't think it really does. I mean, I guess the peak Higo that we saw through the Canary Islands stretch yep. was doing everything that you possibly could do right on a golf course. He was. He was driving it. 350 in the middle of the fairway, putting it to, to, to 12 feet and making, you know, more putts than he missed, like everything. And if he was trying to chip up and down, it was on a par five and he'd chip in for Eagle, you know, like right. that's what he did for, for three weeks of stretch. Um, is his talent enough to play always? I think, yeah, I, I do. Um, I was hoping for more at the travelers. I thought that could maybe be, you know, a yeah. course he did well at, even at the rocket mortgage, that was like the perfect course I thought for, for Higo as it was very similar to those go low type of things where he's shown to do well. Yeah. I mean, you just compare him to Daniel Berger and unfortunately, like, I just think you just have to pick Berger every single time. Yeah. In that situation. yeah I think so too. As much as it pains me, I, I, I tend to agree here. Yeah, um, this venue first time playing uh, is Garrick Higo, the young lefty. There's Molinari, seventy four. Oh, by the way, he won the Open Championship back in two thousand eighteen. Um, different guy, we know. Different, different guy this year than he was certainly back in eighteen. Christian Bazettenhout, kind of an interesting name, I think. Um, at seventy four hundred, as is McIntyre. such a good short game. I, I I think McIntyre is the one. Um, on yeah. my, I mean, Bazaynu has a better around the green putter, but it was interesting. There was an article overseas I follow because I'm a big fan of McIntyre's uh, game and just kind of what he he brings. We obviously finished six in his Open Championship debut, um, which was incredible. Um, so, but there was an article that said Zalatoris played with him in some practice rounds. And he said that McIntyre was literally the best driver of the golf ball he has ever seen, which is, uh, quite the compliment. So I think, you know, Mac compared to Higo, if you look at the lefties, McIntyre has the experience, grew up a little bit, you know, playing in these type of conditions, I would pick McIntyre over the two. Yeah. I'm, I, I like McIntyre right here. I really do. Um, Hey, he was 12th at the masters. 49th at the PGA, 35th at the U.S. Open. So he's made the cut in all three major championships this year. Now he's going back to probably his most comfortable um, where he finished sixth. I, I think McIntyre um, is is definitely circled for me uh, yep. in the, at 7,300. Bubba was at 73. He's no longer going. Uh, Gary Woodland's at 73. Ricky Fowler's at 73. We know Ricky likes playing in open championships. He was sixth back in 2019. We know a lot has happened with swing changes, but Ricky does feel like he's a little bit on the up and up. Do you have any interest in him at 73 or perhaps Harris English at 73, who's won twice? That's that's who I, if I'm picking between the two, I think Harris is the more underpriced in form. Um, should play, you know, well from a fairways greens perspective, you know, putter has been, you know, good when he needs it to be. Um, but I wouldn't fault anyone on Ricky. I I think, you know, I, I love the person of Ricky. I think he's great for the game. I think, you know, he does, you know, a lot of things right, but because of that and because of his popularity, he just ends up being too owned in in DFS for me to really, and his, his outright numbers are always like, half of what it should be because everyone loves to bet on Ricky. So I'm yeah. rooting for him, but probably not with my dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's, a good, that's a good way to put it. You know, you look at Harris, we know Harris is, has just had a fantastic um, season, two wins. You know, he, he's, he's a nice driver of the ball. He's got a nice approach game. 
He's one of the more underrated putters, I think, in the world. Um, but he he does struggle in that proximity from like a 70, you know, 100 to 125, 75. Like that's kind of, you know, if that plays out where he's missing fairways and having to, you know, wedge it up from that distance, he doesn't he doesn't do a great job um, when it comes to to that range. So, yeah, Harris English probably not getting the credit or the respect that he deserves two-time winner this year on the PGA tour all the way down here at 7,300. And just below that is Brandon grace. As we get in now to some international players. I I like grace. I think he has a sneaky. Yeah. yeah, I mean, his majors, I mean, he was first page of the leaderboard and both of them, I guess the U S open and the PGA championship um, as of recently uh, where we saw grace, you know, I, I thought potentially almost going to going to win it at Kiowa. Um, he is that grinder type, you know, that, that pars the course yeah. that finds a way to do it. Not great at everything, but good at, you know, enough. Um, so I think that he is somebody who could, who could pay off salary. I think he's relatively affordable. Yeah. And Matt Wallace was, was, was popular there for a while. He was playing some very good golf in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we saw him at Valero third. We saw him at the Wells Fargo sixth. He's missed the last two cuts. Um, so he's, he's definitely cooled off here um, a little bit coming in. I, I, I agree with you on Brandon Grace. I think of those two um, in that range, I'm definitely leaning towards Brandon Grace. Kokrak, short game scares the daylights out of me, you know, at a yep. place like this, even though it's 7,200. Um, I think Norn sneaky. I think Norn again coming in here could be very, very sneaky at 7,200. I promise you Norn and Poulter, at 7,200 will be in my lineups in multiple ways. Yep. I love Poulter this week. I mean, yeah. saw him what he did yesterday. I think it was eight under to get, get uh, one stroke short. He actually missed a six footer on 17. Yeah. Um, that would have got him into that playoff. Um, so, but yeah, I really like Poulter this week. <clears throat> There's um, Henley 72. You know, you know, you're going to get the iron game with him. Yep. And then Minwoo Lee first time. Tell us about, you know, what do we know about this guy? Yeah, so um, a prolific amateur career. Min Woo was somebody who grew up, um, he's actually, I think it's uh, New Zealand would be, I think his home country, Australian. Um, So he is familiar with playing in the wind and a very good driver of the golf ball. He, um, his first win would have been, I think the Vic open. um, And he was just lights out that week. He hits a stinger. I don't know if you've done an Instagram on Min Woo Lee's stinger before, but it is incredible. Yes. It is, it is very, very good. Him and Guido, who we'll talk about in a little bit, they have the best stingers in the world. Um, and so Minwoo Lee, um, just a talent, a young talent, somebody that is just raw and he can, you know, miss the cut the week before and obviously win the next week, which we saw. Not scared of the big moments like a lot of these kids um, aren't anymore these days. So um, they, they priced him up. I would have preferred to have him in the sixes. You know, he's a little bit up from what he probably really should be, um, yeah. but he's a fun one to keep an eye on. Okay. Yep. Won the Scottish open last week, Minwoo Lee. Yep. And um, a name that, again, not on many's radar, right? And mm-hmm. certainly on the radar now after winning that tournament, which had a very good field. Danny Willett, 71. He's played well. T6 back in 19. Uh, Burn Wiesberger. Is coming I'm going to stop you. I, I, I like Burns. You're going Burns. So, Interesting. So he, he, so 
I never really so Bird like falls in this weird range on DraftKings, always in the European tour. He's like a little bit too expensive, maybe low 10Ks or in the nines. Um, and I he just, you know, always is kind of popular, but never fits a model well. He has a very, very good short game. Like he is somebody with the Patrick Reed speed type where you're rooting against them and they hit those 12 foot par saves like nobody's business. And it frustrates you like crazy. But what he's paired with it over the last like six weeks is a very good strokes gain approach game to it. So he has that approach game with what we know is this knack of a short game. I think he can be dangerous. this week. All right. Love it. Love it. Bern Wiesberger, 71. Certainly taking him over Max Holm at 71. Mm-hmm. Yes, he won in the United States, but major championship. First time here at an open championship. Hard pass. There's your boy Guido at yeah. 71. I mean, I mean we can go it. an hour if you'd like on Guido <laughs> alone. <laughs> but uh, you... For those that watch the U.S. Open, you know, you got to yeah. see a, a glimpse of, of what Guido did. And I've been, you know, tracking this kid since he really was on the European tour. And he was one of the best ball strikers out there, just had no short game. And his improvement of what he does around the green and putting, that's what was on the leaderboard all Sunday afternoon was he was chipping in from everywhere. It was yeah. unbelievable to watch, fist pumping like crazy. Um, he's just a fun talent to root for. And then he made it into the Travelers which I thought he played average at best golf. And he finished T13 there, one stroke out from getting into Detroit the next week. Last week wasn't that good. He finished mid-30s um, in the Scottish Open. But again, we see the talent showing up. And if you're a soccer fan, you saw Italy win the Euros just yesterday. So we have those juices flowing for his home country. <laughs> I love it. I can listen to you talk about Guido <laughs> You know, hey, you sold me a while back. Uh, yeah, he's fun. He, you know, he just yeah. has it. He, he, he's fun. And um, at 7,100, I'm not sure how you can't have him um, in some lineups here. Brian Harmon, 71. He's missed a cut for the last last four times he's played in the Open Championship. Strange, too, because the guy's got an incredible short game, you know, in putting. But he, he can struggle, I think, in those conditions over there, particularly with his iron game. Corey Connors, 71. Mm-hmm. We see him doing up. I'll stop us here at Martin Keimer. I like Martin Keimer um, at 7,100 a lot. 26 at the U.S. Open. He's won 11 times in Europe. You know, look at check this out, Skylar. If, let's just say, Mark, you know, we know Martin Keimer can win, right? Like, when Martin Keimer shows up and he's playing and he's sniffing the lead, like, you know, he knows how to put it away. He's done it yes. 11 times in Europe, three times on the PGA Tour. He's won the players. He's won the U.S. Open. He's won the PGA. All right, let's win the Open Championship. Now he's got three legs. Now he's got three legs, yeah. including a player. That's weird to say. Like, yes, this guy. I, now, I know it's not the same Martin Keimer, but I, I feel like Martin Keimer is um, is coming around. He was second to Hovland uh, at, the, at the BMW International. Yep. He's in, he's in my lineups, man. He's going to be in my lineups down there in that, uh, in that 7,100 range, certainly before a Connors, a Harmon Snedeker at 7,000 EVR at 7,000. Um, although I'll stop myself EVR top 20 in the last two open championships. Impressive. It was impressive. Gosh, I just can't wrap my I have a hard time with Sanjay and I have a hard time with EBR. Those, I, those are the two I, I just, 
you know, I have a little bit of a barrier with Zach Johnson, 7,000. He's, he did. He had to withdraw too. He had co- he tested COVID. Today. No, I'm sorry. Yes, Zach Johnson. Yeah. Out. My bad. Moving on. Matt Kuchar. He started talking about that range getting up and down. Top tens, eighteen and seventeen. All right, we're moving on. Victor Perez. Any any yeah. interest? First time. Yep. Yeah. So it's a bummer. It is his first time because I would have liked to have a little bit more uh, to it. But he was a winner at the Alfred Dunhill Championship. Um, so which is arguably the most comparable link style track with the okay. rotation of, of, you know, being St. Andrews being their, their biggest of the three tracks that they played this week. Um, so he does have that. He was top 10 at both the um, players championship and then made it to the final four at the match play. Um, did not play well at the other majors leading up miscut masters, miscut us open miscut PGA championship. But last week he did show some life. So I think there's price, um, is, is enough to, to buy in on Perez. Yeah. Yeah. I like Perez too. Um, he's at 7,000 Stenson's at 7,000. I mean, it's an open championship. It's almost like default just to put Stenson in there. And then, I mean, hey, we got you got to make the cut. Finish T thirty five. All right, certainly do it. Pass. Billy Horschel. Pass. Seven thousand. <laughs> what about Horschel? That's an interesting name. Sam Horschel. Like, here's a guy that has played very well in the European Tour, especially earlier, and he lives here in Orlando. Um, he's come over here. We've seen him a little bit. Um. From what I know, he's long and he's a good putter, right? Like those are kind of the, those are, that's kind of the bookends with him. Does he have enough in the middle and around the green? I prefer a little bit more as we go in the sixes. It seems like the, the so Keimer, Keimer and, and Horsfield were ads into the DraftKings salary. They boosted him up a little bit. They've had a habit of making some misprices for golfers that are added in late. So maybe they at then maybe they boosted him up a little bit for a major, but I think there's golfers who are a little bit better in form in the sixes on the European tour. But Horsefield is an incredible talent, um, but I just I think it's paying a little bit too much. Okay, fair enough. All right, let's finish this thing up in the six thousands. We'll give them each two people that we're looking at. You go first in the six thousands. Um, well, can we? I want to, there's elephant in the room. There's no reason that Sam Burns should be priced in $6,300. Okay. Like right. he, he's just, almost get that out of the way. Right. I agree. <laughs> like it's, it's, he played well at the Scottish. I love that he went over and played there. You know, he, he was lights out, I believe on Sunday um, to never really get in the mix, but enough that $6,300, I, I think he could be $7,300. So I, I don't want to use him as a selection because he probably will be popular, but maybe not popular enough for that price he is at. The two that I would like to talk about um, is one who just recently won on the European tour in Lucas Herbert. So Lucas Herbert goes from back-to-back top 20s on the PGA tour. Relatively, you know, no one even saw these happen. Memorial, and then he does it at the Travelers after Monday qualifying in it. And then he goes out, wins the Irish Open, 
Then he goes last week, finishes fourth, a short putt on the back nine away from making into the playoff again at the Scottish. So it's four events in a row with him, you know, a, a top 20 on a PGA tour in some of these European tour events is probably equivalent to his finish last week. So I think he comes in trending in four straight tournaments uh, and is very affordable at $6,800. So he's the first one for me. And then we saw the story happen through 36 holes at Torrey Pines of Richard Bland, the, yeah. you know, the, the, I believe he's 40, yeah, 48 years old now, um, you know, was the 36 hole leader, you know, playing in the final group with Russell Henley on Saturday and putting things together through nine holes that day before everything kind of fell off the wagon. And that's okay. That's, that's, you know, Again, we're, we're playing a golfer in the sixes here. You're not yeah. expecting, you know, him to win a tournament. But Richard Bland, since beating my beloved Guido Migliazzi in a playoff <laughs> at the British Masters, ripped my heart out that week. Um, Guido did it to himself, I guess, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But he has gone third and then 50th at that U.S. Open, fourth and then 15th. Um, so this stretch of golf, I mean, it's it's a European Phil, Phil Mickelson story, you know, if he wins the Open Championship at this age. So I think for his price, also at $6,800, those, those would be my top two in this range. Yeah, I'll give you Chris Kirk at 64. Uh, mm-hmm. I, think a guy, I think a guy that's, you look for that solid, and you get down to the 6,000 range, and yeah, everybody's kind of got those weaknesses and, and whatnot. But I mean, Chris Kirk has put the pieces back together. He's in a great spot. Um, has played some consistent golf. I need someone to make the cut here um, and get into the weekend and kind of inch his way up the board. I think Chris Kirk um, is a guy that checks all the boxes from a from a, uh, a stroke scan around the green standpoint, stroke scan approach, good enough driver of the ball, um, three-pot avoidance. He's good in that range from 75 to 120. Like, he kind of checks all the boxes, no real glaring weaknesses there. And I think comes into here um, – playing just fine. What do you think about, what do you think about a Keegan Bradley at a place like this? 68. Meet someone that can drive it in front of you and let the irons um, go to work. A Bradley around the green is not that bad. His putting we know is the opportunity and that's why he is where he is. We did see, a little run there from Bradley this year where he was incrementally slightly in the positive and he popped on the leaderboard there losing um, to a Sam Burns and those kinds of things. So I don't know, you go over there different, you know, he just feels like Bradley feels like a guy that can just ball strike you to making the cut. And then if you get anything with the putter and then it's, you know, a T25 tough golf course at a place like this, what do you think? Yeah, I think you're you're spot on right there where he should be enough in this range relative to those around him to have the one of if not the highest made cut equity in the the six K's. So and and you pointed that out. I, I think it was a, a putter change or a grip change that he yeah. did and he ra- he racked off like he you know, it off. I think it was five or five or seven, uh, five out of seven events that he was positive, you know, yep. with that putter, he lost in Detroit a little bit, but yeah, I mean, he still finished 14th with, you know, losing a stroke per round there. So very impressive. And the around the green game is better than what people would say when they throw it off as Keegan can't, you know, do anything around the green. He's just a ball striker. I think it is better. I almost think Charlie Hoffman 
in that sense too. I was shocked looking at yeah. Charlie's open history again. I mean, he does have two top twenties in uh, the last three opens. So Hoffman has been kind of a major sleeper, yeah. I would say, where he played pretty decently at the first or the last two majors he's been in. So I think Hoffman can be uh, some, some safety as well in the sixes. Yeah. I think that's the other name Hoffman certainly grabbed. I mean, Burns is the obvious one. I mean, Hoffman has played very consistent golf, uh, a guy that uh, has put on some distance. I think his approach game um, has really improved. In fact, running this model here, last 50 rounds strokes gain approach. He's number two. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty heady stuff. Yeah, very good with the wedges as well into the green. Um, you know, I think he's he can get a little clunky. I think I think what worries me with Charlie a little bit of these greens is is maybe getting fooled. A lot of three putts, perhaps. Um, you know, that's where I get a little bit iffy. But I I, I feel comfortable throwing a, a Hoffman in there um, to make the cut and do enough. Certainly the way he's playing, I feel like Charlie kind of rededicated himself with Mark Blackburn, his coach, and you've seen it happen. He's come out, he's playing well. I think he takes a nice game over there um, in the open championship. So man, some good stuff there. I I always feel better after I do the show. It's good to walk it through as you start putting your lineups together and you start putting, you know, the stars and things and take a little closer look at this guy um, but I think, uh, you know, we went a little long this week, but we want to give people something to think about. It's the last major championship and you're so good at this stuff, Skylar. So we, uh, we appreciate you coming on. Oh no, this is a blast, Travis. I, I really appreciate you having me. And again, this is just a enjoyable experience. You said, you know, yeah. just waking up. If you can't sleep, if you're someone who maybe have kids, you know, that 3am <laughs> wake up might not be that bad this week. Um, no. you sneak into the television, great coverage. I mean, fun golf, hopefully the winds hit, hopefully the rain hits, you know, and you get yes. to have another single digit, you know, winner. I, I, yeah. Open championship golf, you know, is, is phenomenal. So hopefully, you know, the, the list, listeners enjoy and hopefully we have some of these under the radar names pop up on the leaderboard for us again absolutely Skylar hook thank you here the, the matchup presented by DraftKings. see you next week i just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at encore golf encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that i have ever seen their team in buffalo new york is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter-weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show.